0: Welcome to Gruesome, your horrific true crime podcast. I'm Connie, along with professional finals taker, Meg. Tonight, she is going to tell us about Lucy Blackman.
1: Yay, finals are kicking my ass. And so anybody out there who's also in finals season, I feel for you. I feel for you in my bones. I'm very tired.
0: i know at least
1: a couple of people i go to school with listen so maybe i'm just talking directly to them but if i could could whistle i would whistle like the
0: mocking (laughs) jay
1: yeah salute to you uh okay so happy past mother's day weekend that was last weekend so happy mother's day if you had that it's my mother's birthday today
0: Oh, she's of
1: my faves. She is. I the this episode, I was going to have her come on, and I was going to do one of her favorite true crimes, but there's just too much. There's too much info. I didn't have time to do it, the way that. Well, because I brought it up to her, and she was like, "Oh, that would be cool," and then she was talking about listening to true crime podcasts and true crime YouTube channels, and she said. The second that they say something that's not even kind of right, I turn it off, and I'm like, "That's fair, but maybe I'm not the maybe I'm not ready to have this this episode with you yet." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if you know so much about this, maybe you should start your own, start your own podcast.
0: Speaking of, she could use head to gursu. dot com backslash or yes. zencaster.com makes 30% off your first three months. Yes, and
1: you too could uh become a Zencaster powered podcast one day. Mom, that one's for you. That that is directed directly at you. But I'm, I'm sorry. I'll get into it. Trigger warnings, tonight we have murder. It's date rape. Is I think that's the only way to say it. Date rape, uh drugging kind of a thing Un, um, it's not kidnapping but it's where do they hold them i can't think of the word oh my gosh holding a person and not letting them go
0: like hostage
1: yeah hostage situation oh my gosh i couldn't think of the word hostage so sorry normally i write them out and i didn't write them out today <laughs> i was just winging it didn't work for me but without further ado carita ridgeway was born on March 3rd, 1970, in Perth, Australia. As Karita grew up, she decided that she wanted to become a model, and she did. She pursued that, and she had a lot of luck with it. And after a couple of years, she opted to pursue acting as an adult. Her older sister, whose name is Samantha, was preparing to move to Tokyo. So Karita moved with her to Tokyo in December of 1991. Karina's plan was to work as an English teacher and to maybe take acting lessons in Japan, but she was unable to find work as an English teacher. She turned to working at a hostess bar, mainly because Western women, especially at that time, were able to make pretty good money in what was currently a recession in Japan. But less than a month after she started working, Corita met a terrible fate. On Valentine's Day 1992, Corita was offered a ride after completing a job and she disappeared for the following two to three days after that job. Her sister returned to their shared space. They rented um like a like a hotel room kind of. They rented a hotel room and she returned to the house on Sunday, February 15th. She had been with her boyfriend for a couple of days. And when she was, she got back, there was no sign of Karita anywhere. One of their housemates, who also lived with them, had a message for her. An unnamed man had called the house and told them that Karita had gone away with friends. Which she had only been in Japan for a month. You know, she wasn't going away with anyone. After that, that guy had just hung up. He left no other information, and Samantha became incredibly worried until the next day when she got another phone call. Staff from the Hiroshima hospital called to let her know that Karita had been admitted to the hospital after suffering from acute food poisoning. Sam rushed to the hospital, but Karita was unable to respond to her. She couldn't she couldn't function. The staff informed her that. Karita had been dropped off by an older Japanese man and had told them that she had eaten bad shellfish. His name was listed as Akira Nishida, but he left as quickly as he had arrived after dropping her off. So he took her to the hospital. He was like, she is shellfish poisoning. I don't know. Help her. And then left. Karita didn't. Yeah, because she did not have food poisoning. Her doctor actually diagnosed her with hepatitis and her condition worsened to the point that she was on life support. Oh my gosh. They transferred her to the Tokyo Women's University Hospital for intensive treatment, and it was there that Karita suffered organ failure and was declared brain dead. Her family opted to take her off of life support just a few days before her 22nd birthday. No autopsy was conducted, and she was cremated just two days later. But the phone calls didn't stop. The weird phone calls. Her sister was still getting them from the man who had left her at the hospital, Akira Nishida. Every time he called, he told her the same story. Karita had gotten sick with food poisoning at this beach resort in Kamakura. Nishida had done everything he could. He called his private doctor to treat her. But he refused to leave a return phone number. He just kept ensuring them it was food poisoning, essentially. Samantha and her mother and father begged police to investigate this caller, but they were ignored. They were laughed at. They accepted their authorities' decision and started laying out a plan to get their daughter back to Australia. Before they left, Akira called again, and this time he agreed to meet them at an airport hotel. He, again, told the same story, and then he offered Karita's parents a diamond ring and a diamond necklace. He said that he was going to give them to Karita for her birthday. He told them how much he loved their daughter and offered them 50 million yen, which is about $300,000, like American. But in order to get this yen, they would have to sign a document that said that the hospital improperly treated Corita. And Samantha was like, no, no, that's a bribe. That is not that's don't take that money. So they went back to Australia, but almost eight years later, an eerily similar circumstance began to play out. Lucy Jane Blackman was 21 in May of 2000 when she moved to Tokyo, Japan, from Kent, England. She had previously worked as a flight attendant for British Airways. She was fun and young. She wanted to see the world. And it didn't help that as a flight attendant, she was barely making $20,000 a year. So she felt permanently jet lagged. She was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Japan. I'm going to go and see Asia. She's going to travel the world with her friends. Her friend Louise set off with her as she went to Japan with a 90 day tourist visa. While she was in Japan, she and her friends stayed in a hotel, but they still needed to make money. So they both illegally landed jobs as hostesses at a bar called Casablanca. And, Hostessing in Japan is kind of like being paid to be someone's hot friend for a while. Like a bar will hire a woman out by the hour or for a percentage of sales to just sit and talk and drink with like patrons.
0: Oh, yeah, it's i not, was thinking like a welcome like six, to Chili's. No, I <laughs> think of like, yeah, yeah. Welcome <laughs> like standing
1: up. Let me show you your table. No, these hostess bars. It's um, and like they do. I mean, some of them do kind of tread the line between hostessing and talking and sex work. Some women might choose to, like, participate in sex work, but a lot of them don't. A lot of them just, you know, make a couple hundred dollars a night and loyal customers will pay them for what's called a dohan, which is where they take a girl to dinner and then they drop her off at the club after dinner. So they essentially pay to take her on a date and then take her to work, which, eh, I know it doesn't Sorry, sound like I, a if, terrible gig, but I—if you don't yeah. love
0: these kinds of situations, like I don't know, I what would it's never actually be, like. I would never be able to do that for a multitude of like anxiety reasons, but I just keep the every time you say hostess, I keep thinking of Office Space and how many pieces of flair you have. <laughs> how many pieces of flair you? Have? You need one more piece.
1: Not TGA Friday's hostess. Like, can't even think of a comparison because there's not really one in America. Paid to be your hot friend for a while. Lucy didn't love the idea of the Probably for many of the reasons you don't, you didn't like it, you know? You're going off with a stranger. You don't really know them. But she also liked making money and they did pay a little bit more than the hourly wage. Lucy emailed and called her mom or sister almost daily while she was in Japan. She met an American Marine, Scott, who was stationed in Japan at the time, but she was beginning to feel homesick. Her customers did, they had started offering her money for sex. She was not interested. She told her mom that it was her job to pour drinks and light cigarettes and discuss boring subjects like volcanoes. She couldn't believe that she had made so much money just pretending to listen to customers, <laughs> which made me laugh because sometimes retail feels a lot like that. <laughs> and honestly, probably like waitressing and serving and stuff too. I think
0: if they were talking about stuff like volcanoes and like space and all that, it might be interesting. For, yeah. I like Please tell me more. <laughs> at least seismic activity around the (laughs) whole crater there well yeah especially in japan
1: probably would be quite a bit to talk about but on july 1st about two months after she arrived in tokyo lucy disappeared that saturday her friend louise saw lucy leave wearing a black dress and sandals she was also wearing a necklace that had silver hearts on it she had gone out to a dohan with a customer from Casablanca who had promised her a prepaid cell phone if she would have dinner by the beach with him so i guess you can only get a cell phone like a cell phone like this in japan if you're a naturalized citizen i don't know if that's how it still is but that's how it was so especially western women who were illegally participating in these jobs this was like the the way to get a cell phone essentially was going on these dates and getting someone to give you one or buy you. Yeah, one. I was wondering why I was like, why didn't she just go buy a cell phone? But I can I'm not a hundred percent sure if anybody can clarify that. I would love to hear more of an explanation. Or if even still like that. Not sure. Uh um, girls. Yeah. It was also like, you know, two thousand. So times have changed. Twenty two years ago. I don't oh. want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Poof. so she agreed she went on the date and after she left her room for the day she called louise three times the first time was around one thirty to say she had met her lunch date then at five o'clock she called her again to say that she was going out to sea and at seven o'clock she said that she would be back in about a half an hour she called scott as well and relayed that same message the three of them had plans to meet up that night so there was no reason she would have not she would have stopped talking to them the next morning after lucy did not show up that evening louise received a strange phone call from a man who called himself akira tagaki (laughs) tagaki yeah that's right he told louise that lucy was okay she wanted her family to know that she had joined a cult She said that Lucy had gone to the eastern coast of Japan, she was training, and Louise was confused, but she passed that message along to Lucy's family. Lucy's mom, Jane, had been putting together a care package for her when she received Louise's phone call on July 3rd, and she did not buy it. Lucy had talked about how she was so homesick that she had legitimately just put a bed on her credit card to send to her home in england for when she moved back like she was ready to go home yeah she called lucy's sister and her dad and her sister flew to tokyo the next day and her dad followed a couple of days later she also had a brother and so the mom stayed in england with the brother a younger brother But they immediately, once they got there, started campaigning to find her. In the first 14 days that they were in Tokyo, the two of them, her sister and dad, distributed more than 30,000 missing persons posters. They had a press conference. They talked to any and everyone who had met Lucy or talked to Lucy while she had been in Tokyo over the past two months. Just like, got to it. And her father... After talking to police, was like, you should be able to track the cell phone that was given to you. They called these numbers several times, but police were like, we can't get any information from this. There's privacy laws. It's beyond our capabilities. These companies can't do that kind of stuff yet. The owner of the club was unable to provide any information about the customer who had taken her on the dohan, despite her meeting him at the club several nights before she disappeared, so he was a frequent customer. The police sometimes take on the mentality that because women like Lucy are working illegally as in their hostessing, which is a profession that's looked down upon, that they should expect something bad to happen.
0: I hate that.
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, we see it all the time. Crimes against women, especially in trades like this, that aren't, you know, on the books specifically, they're not investigated thoroughly. They're not taken seriously. Hi, and right. this professions. Yep, and this happens it's to all Asian of- women all the time. Like this is not a new thing. But because Lucy was white and blonde, and in Japan, you know, she looked different than everyone, and that news really escalated this situation. Her dad had a friend who used to be Richard Branson's limo driver, and so. That friend called Richard Branson, and Virgin, his company, opened a Tokyo office to serve as a headquarters in the search for Lucy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Her parents got a hold of the British prime minister at the time, Tony Blair. He happened to be going to Japan that month. So he arrived, and Blair was able to bring up Lucy's disappearance to the Japanese prime minister, Yoshiro Mori at the time. And Tim said that after that, the police were suddenly able to trace phone calls. As soon as they have all of these, you know, high-level people bringing recognition to the case, suddenly they can maybe do something. The Tokyo Metro Police ended up assigning more people to Lucy's case than they did to the 1995 Sarin gas attack on the city's subway system. That attack killed 12 people and injured more than 5,000 people. But Lucy's case, after it blew up, had more people assigned to it. They also had a hotline and an anonymous businessman had offered a $100,000 reward. The hotline brought forward women who claimed to have gone to a seaside restaurant with a wealthy Japanese businessman. Each woman reported that They had blacked out and woke up hours or days later in his apartment. When they woke, they were sore and groggy. One of them couldn't remember anything from the previous night. The man had used different names with each girl. Kazu, Yuji, and Koji. All of these girls had reported these things to the police. And they were all
0: ignored. Jesus Christ. Yeah.
1: One of these women was Donna. In March of 1996, Donna was hostessing at a club where she met Kazu. Kazu took her to his apartment by the beach in Zushi, which is south of Tokyo. And when they arrived at his apartment, he gave her, quote, a very rare herb wine from the Philippines. After one drink, Donna was unconscious. When she woke, Kazu told her that she was a very fun girl, that she had drank a whole bottle of vodka and passed out. She felt dizzy and nauseous and lethargic, just sick. Kazu was actually Joji Obara, which also isn't his original name. In October of 2000, police raided Obara's homes after he was named as the man whose apartment these women were waking up in after being drugged. They essentially, at the, it all came together pretty nicely. They kind of linked that. The man who had called Karita's sister, Karita, and gave the wrong name. They kind of linked up that this was the same guy, and the man that Donna was talking about was the same guy. So they're like, oh, this is him. So they raid his homes and they find some pretty interesting things. I'll tell you a little bit about him first. So Joji Obara was born to Korean parents in Osaka, Japan, as Kim Jong Soon. His father came to Japan as a poor immigrant, but made a name and money for himself as he opened his own companies. He had taxis, he was a property investor, he had pachinko parlors. At 15, Kim Jong was sent to a prestigious prep school in Tokyo where he studied law. As a teenager, he underwent eye surgery to make his eyes appear more round and less almond shaped, and at this time he chose a new name. It was Seisho Hoshiyama, but at 17, his father died, and he and his brothers inherited billions of yen between them, like billions of yen. He graduated and again changed his name and identity. He became a naturalized Japanese citizen and businessman, Joji Obara. Joji invested in real estate, he earned millions of dollars, but when the Japanese recession hit in the 90s, he lost everything. And he used his business to launder money for one of the Yakuza syndicates. Yeah. Big crazy. Reports suggest that he began his career as a sexual predator in the 80s. In 1998, he was arrested after he was found in a woman's bathroom attempting to film women using the toilet. Still, despite his arrest in October, he vehemently denied having anything to do with Lucy. And for months after his arrest, he maintained this story. I thought it was interesting that Japan doesn't have juries. They have judges. And in like 98% of their cases, they get a written confession from the people on trial. Like they almost always confess. So for him to not confess is not the it's not the norm. After his home was raided, police found diaries and documents. In one freezer, he had an entire German Shepherd frozen in a block of ice. I am not kidding you. What the fuck? <laughs> I know this doesn't like it doesn't have anything to do with the case, but it was just so weird that I was like. But he said he wanted technology to advance so he could clone his dead dog. So he just kept it in his freezer in an ice block. That's like some
0: Walt Disney stuff. <laughs> what the hell? I know uh, that. I was not. I, I know this sounds like we do too much true crime where I was expecting you to tell me there were body parts. <laughs> like, nope. Just a whole I ass dog. Been, I would have been less shocked if you were <laughs> like.
1: I know it? I arc, was reading it, I would have been less shocked if there was body parts. But then you tell me it's a dog.
0: What the? Just a whole German shepherd. Can I say something for a second? Yeah. I don't understand the lure of filming people in the bathroom going to the bathroom.
1: Oh, just wait. Because this guy had a thing for filming people in general. It's... it's- not it's pretty. weird.
0: It's weird to me. Like if I, it's mainly because I am at my most like, <laughs> oh, like but,
1: vulnerable when you're about to like poop your pants and you're like, nobody needs to see this
0: right now. Yeah, I was I'm with just you. About today, I took my daughter to my son's baseball game, and she had to go to the bathroom when it was like her first time pooping in public. <laughs> <laughs> what a gift! I know it's you're At a public it. park, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so you know, like the floors are all a little up and it's yeah, it's man, gross. Like it's, and she was struggling to go, and I could see her like looking around, and I'm like, "This is, this is it, sis. This is what we got to do." <laughs> I understand you 100,
1: but this is all I can offer you at this time. We we went to the bathroom at the park the other day, and uh when we walked in there, my kid looked around, and she was like. I'll hold it and just walk you right. Back. That's me. That's respect. respect. I'd have that. I've,
0: my oldest asked me, what did you use the bathroom at school? And I was like, no, no. And so he'll, every day he runs in to go poop because he's like, I can't. It. It's, it's like American pie, like he won't poop at school. <laughs> but my daughter is a naked pooper. So, I feel that. I feel that. (laughs) So, like, she was trying to, like, take her. I was like, not in here. You can't do that in here. I know it's hot. It was so hot today, too. Okay, I'm sorry. That was a big one. Yeah. I just, I don't don't understand it.
1: I don't either. And I wish that that was the craziest thing that they found in his house. Because they found chloroform various date rape drugs hundreds of videotapes hundreds of them that showed obara raping different women while they were unconscious or barely conscious he was frequently nude except for when he was wearing a zorro mask and among these hundreds of tapes there were two that stood out particularly one of him raping donna and another of him raping carita Holding a chloroform soaked rag over her face, in one of his diaries noted next to her name was the phrase "Too much chloroform."
0: Oh, what a piece of shit!
1: yeah, he is a piece of shit, and these journals dated back to the eighties, like he referenced his rape as conquering and between know 1980- I know yeah, just I like feel sick. yeah, it's disgusting. Between 1983 and 1995, he had written down the names of more than 200 women. He frequently wrote about taking drugs himself. At one point, talked about how he was bored of pot and hash and LSD and how he couldn't do women who were conscious. Another time, he wrote, women are only good for sex. I will lie to them. I will seek revenge, revenge on the world. Ew. So outside of these tapes of his sexual assaults, there are virtually no pictures of this man. He absolutely refused to let people take his photo for his whole life. At his companies that he had owned, there was an explicit rule that people were not allowed to take photos of him. So the only evidence we have of him doing this stuff is these specific tapes. And Lucy still hadn't even been recovered she was still missing they were desperately trying to tie him to the crime they were like we're pretty sure it's you and they thought they had him because they found blonde hairs that matched lucy's in his home and they found a roll of film with photos of lucy near his apartment so he had pictures of her he had her hair in his apartment but there was no body The women who accused him of drugging and raping them cooperated with law enforcement, and Obara was charged with many counts of rape. He wrote a crazy, crazy letter to the media. He said that all of these women were supposedly foreign hostesses, and they all agreed to have sex with him for money. But the women all told the same story. Obara would invite them on a dohan, drive them to his seaside apartment, where he would convince them to come upstairs, once he offered to, like, cook dinner. He asked another one to come up and watch a Mariah Carey concert with him. He had another one. So I know. He had another one just help him carry boxes up to his apartment. And uh, I it- wish. I
0: I am all for doing my fair share. But if i wanted a, a date, date and he's like, you want to help me move some shit into my apartment, I would have <laughs> been, like, the odd.
1: like no you paid to feed me and take me to work let's make that happen once they were inside he would get them a glass of wine he would occasionally make a toast so that the woman would have to down her entire glass for good luck Mm. and he would videotape what he did next with professional level equipment and professional lights i know it's so disgusting it's so fudged up just the level of depravity he would film himself penetrating or sodomizing unconscious women for sometimes more than 12 hours and to make sure that they wouldn't wake up he would use the chloroform they would be there for days and when they were finally like allowed to you know come out of their drug induced coma They would be sick. Sometimes they couldn't even walk. Yeah. After they found the video of Karina, they also discovered he still had hospital receipts from the hospital that she was taken to. She had been cremated, but the hospital still had her liver sample. Because chloroform acts on the liver, they were able to test it, and they found a toxic amount of chloroform in it. Oh, wow. It was awesome. Yeah, it's eight years later, but what the hell did they do through. with her liver? Well, she had hepatitis, so I'm not sure why they still had it, but it probably had something to do with that because hepatitis is like the liver. So shit. she
0: had her hepatitis was unrelated. She didn't have hepatitis. They just, oh, I her her speed, but it was because she was going through the liver, and yeah, okay, I'm up to speed now. I get it. Yeah, sorry.
1: no, it was. It is confusing, and that's. I mean, doctors were confused. They like, we have no idea. We think she has hepatitis. Karita's parents flew back to Tokyo and was like, yep, that's the guy we met at the airport hotel, and he tried to bribe us. So details of the days that Lucy went missing began to leak, of what Obara was doing during those days. Obara had called the hospital and asked how to treat a drug overdose on July 2nd. On the 3rd, he had purchased a chainsaw cement mix, and other tools from a hardware store. And that afternoon, after he had bought that stuff, the manager of his complex called police to report suspicious behavior. When police arrived, Obara literally had cement mix all over himself. Police were like, hey, we just want to look around your apartment. And he let them. But then they were like, we want to go in your bathroom. And he got angry and told them no and told them to leave. And they just left. What? Yep, they just left. Neighbors reported that that evening, Obara was out pacing the beach. They they bombed it. Police bombed it, not searching the areas and beaches around his house. They bombed it with the whole lack of investigation until they got enough attention. Mm-hmm. They didn't look around his house and like check that area until February, and this happened in July. Oh,
0: my God. And they started
1: figuring it out in October. Lucy was found in that area around his apartment. Unfortunately, her body was badly decayed. Her head had been covered in cement. She had been cut into pieces with a chainsaw and various parts of her bagged. The autopsy was unsuccessful. And while it is believed that there probably was a video of him raping Lucy, he was initially acquitted of her murder. And that's not wait. What? Yep. (laughs) Hold on. We'll get we're almost there. So there's supposed to be a video that maybe was tied to the trial. This is just kind of like hearsay stuff that I read. And it's believed that either he destroyed it or it's just never been revealed that he had that or that they found that. On April, so yes. Anyways, they have her body. They can't say how she died because her autopsy is unsuccessful. So even though they had the pictures and they had all this stuff, he's guilty of all the rapes of all these other women, but he was acquitted for her murder because they couldn't prove how she died. On April 24th, 2007, like seven years later, he was found guilty of multiple rape charges and the manslaughter of Carita Ridgway, but he was acquitted of Blackman's rape and murder for lack of direct evidence approximately 400 videos shot by obara that showed him engaging in date rape including the one with ridgeway earned him that guilty sentence and he was charged with manslaughter after the prosecutor produced an autopsy that showed the chloroform in her liver the paper trail from the hospital you know the testimonies from her parents
0: the diary that said too much chloroform
1: yep exactly. In Blackman's case, they could not produce any forensic evidence leading, linking O'Bara to her death. But, but, the public prosecutor appealed that Blackman verdict because crucial forensic evidence hadn't been heard at the original trial, which I don't know how, I don't know what the evidence was specifically, but I don't know how you're going to leave it out in something this big. So on March 25th, 2008, they had an appeal In the Tokyo High Court, and that court found Obara guilty on counts of abduction, dismemberment, and disposal of Blackman's body on December 16th, 2008. In early 2010, in December, the Supreme Court of Japan rejected Obara's appeal and upheld his life sentence. So he's currently serving life for all of these things in Japan. I have no words. Yep, it is. I was having kind of a sensitive week in general. Like I kept reading cases and just getting like so frustrated and discouraged, but this one just made me so mad.
0: I felt angry and I wanted to talk. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm going to say this and like, as usual, it's going to come out. Like I'm not going to mean it the way it comes out, but it's not just in America. Like it's, Not that it's nice to see because it's definitely not nice to see, but I always have the image in my head that in the United States, if you have money, if you have power, you can do whatever you want. We see it all the fucking time. No, it's it's all over the world. And like you, then you tell me this case and it's the same thing. Like he had money. He had, you know, he was a businessman. He can rape 200 women and it's not taken seriously because of their job like jesus like what the hell like how you can have what we just talked about this last week you can have whatever job you want it does not give anyone the right to sexually assault you you're not less of a person because of your job and like it's-
1: i under. I understand what they're saying, that it, like, runs along the same lines, but it's not even, I I don't understand why it's looked down upon, I guess. I don't get no. that.
0: If I they had... have that type of job here in America where you're just, like, not expected to do anything, you just go on a date and they take you to work, like, <laughs> I would do that. Yeah. I mean, not currently, but...
1: Well, like, as a younger lady, yeah, why not? No, I know it's it's frustrating, and I, I didn't, there wasn't a lot of information on him, just because he didn't. <laughs> he stayed so low to the ground, and the fact that he, he got away with this, yeah, for so long, like,
0: yeah, decades and decades. If you have been sexually assaulted and you're walking past a business that he owns and you look in and they have a picture, you're going to be like, hey, look, guys. That's that's, him. That's the guy. But if you eliminate that, it's like. Who can. Yeah. How are you
1: ever going to prove that it was this person? Well, luckily, he did it himself because he's. Yeah. What a dick. And I'm very sad that, you know, two people had to give their lives to get this guy finally put away but i'm glad he's gone because i would imagine that i mean 200 400 he had 400, 400. Tapes. oh and 400 he, i guess there was like a another part in one of his journals that said he wanted to get to 500 women by the time he was 50 ew yeah so gross that's so, so the only pictures indeed. I've seen of him are his mugshot, and there's one picture from when he was like like in college in the 70s. Is he attractive? No,
0: <laughs> like he just looks like an old guy. Like, <laughs> mm. Mm. not that it makes it any better, but still. No, and I, yes, yeah, what a little bitch!
1: Yeah, truly a little bitch. In the Yeah, like, if you have of, to use I words. get big, I get big, you say, Sagawa vibes, too, just because yeah. like, his parents, like, his dad was wealthy and then left him. And Well, I, I mean, you say Sagawa's parents were still were, were still around for a while, but, like, really, he could have had anything in the whole world and he opted to do this, which is just, like, money truly does not fulfill you, I guess. Mm. Those people are just born bad. Yeah, those people are broken. Those are broken people i know i also feel like i keep saying things and they like are coming out wrong like because you want to be sensitive in these situations but you're also just like it's so hard to process how people are capable of this like this level of just Mm -hmm. absolute disgustingness
0: and i think any person male or female who feels like they have to use a substance to either get someone to talk to them or like let their guard down enough to like for them to be taken advantage of like if you are one of those even if you're like i'm just going to give her a few drinks so she can loosen up a little bit or i'm just going to give him a couple drinks so yeah it's not okay in any capacity you're the you're
1: also a piece of shit you're part of the problem Part
0: of the problem Like, like i I'm glad that we live in 2022 where they have like strips and stuff like that you can put in your drinks. But like how sick is it that that's what You have to, have to do?
1: Like that 12-year-old girl or whatever who made the nail polish that changes colors when it's like mm-hmm. in the presence of Ruflin? I am just like how are we to this point that we have to have these things? That's crazy. Or like the scrunchies that cover your drink. Mhm.
0: Like it's awful. I saw her going out and like never what you see in the movies. It's like, Oh, can I buy you a drink? Uh, no, (laughs) no, you cannot buy me a drink. You cannot bring me anything like no. I've had very few drinks bought for me in my days, mostly because
1: I'm a serial monogamist. (laughs) But Like the only time it ever was, it ever happened. Like I wasn't even talking to that person. It was like, I was talking to like the bartender, and the bartender was like, Hey, this person wants to buy you a drink. Do you want to pick something? And I was like, Oh, okay, sure. I never had that moment where they were like, anybody slid up and was like, Can I buy you a drink? Because I would be like, "Uh, No.
0: I went through a a hot girl summer after my (laughs) divorce, and I lived in South Carolina. So we went to Savannah. Like, it was like, Connie's divorce party let's go to Savannah (laughs) and (laughs) I had been in a I mean I had been off the market for like years at that point so going out in like this new dating world was super awkward anyways because I'm not I'm I'm like I like I like going out but I also really like like I'm also relationship type of girl like I've never I I just prefer well now that I've gotten older that's what I prefer but I remember like it happened to me like when we were going out that week and I was like this is awkward (laughs) this is awkward the only time I ever went to a club
1: I wore a backpack because I didn't know what I might need so I like had my backpack of stuff and like my sneakers and my jeans and stuff on and I very quickly realized I was like oh this is not the place for me But I did dance and I was like had my backpack. I was holding it like during the like, Explorer. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like during this and I was like Yeah, just vibing and uh, we, yeah. it was probably like 2011 or something. It was a while ago.
0: <laughs> I am I usually get really stressed out in like situations like that, but I turn into two like if I can get to two drink Connie, like it's good. It's good, I'll be your best friend. The, I was so set, like, so we were in Savannah. We're at this, like, country music bar, which is not really my thing. Hell yeah. (laughs) Like, it's not my thing. If you know Meg and I, like, I can appreciate a good country song, but I am still listening to, like, Taking Back Sunday and shit from high school. Like, it's never changed. The music has never changed. And this guy comes up, and I was so in the mindset, like, I'm not going to tell him anything about me. Like, I, (laughs) stranger danger. Then he tells me, because I was 27, I think, at the time, like 26 or 27. And he tells me that he just turned 20. And I was like, time to go, friend. (laughs) Did you have a bedtime? He's like, we're here in college. I was like, ow. I'm uncomfortable. And then my friend was like, how many kids does it look like we have? (laughs) If you had to guess between us,
1: what's the total sum of our children? You're in school right now, right? Do the math. Are you a math
0: major? (laughs) Are you a math major? How many kids does it look like I have? (laughs) That's a quick way to scare any person off at a bar. Like, just like, how many kids does it look like I have? (laughs) If I'm driving
1: down the highway with five kids in my minivan, how <laughs> fast am I going
0: at top speed? I don't know. If my Honda Odyssey can get it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to tell us a Zencaster ad? I can. Yes.
1: Do you Do know it. why you should start a podcast with Zencaster? Because it's easy. And because nobody else has your voice. And because you can. You should. When we started Gruesome, we had no idea what we were doing. And Zencaster made it 100% possible for us to do what we are doing now. And we love that. And we would love that for you as well. So if you go to Zencastr, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R dot com slash pricing, you can get 30% off your first three months. Or you can just try it for free, see if it's something you're into, and let us know when you do because I want to give you a high
0: five, a virtual high five.
1: After you maybe podcast,
0: maybe you have a long distance BFF who you just bake up a podcast to hang out every week, like we did. I had that. I had that moment, like where I did like get in the van, and I'm like blaring like. T- <laughs> Taking back Sunday, and I was like, 16-year-old me would be so disappointed
1: right now. It'd be so weird now. I remember when I was, like, 20, and I went to go buy a new car for the first time, and I didn't have any money. Uh, he was just, like, trying to show me stuff in my budget. He's like, well, I got this minivan, and I was like, no. <laughs> like, I'm, am, I am poor, but I am not willing to... <laughs> I'm not going to lose my cool kid reputation with this minivan. But, like, thinking about it, I could have, like, driven everyone to shows. I
0: could have packed yeah. stuff in there. Yeah. Have, like, now I, ha- I think about, you see all those, like, TikToks and, like, inspirational quotes. It's like, you're the person that would have saved you when you were younger. And it's like, I'm the person that my younger self would have given the middle finger to. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think my younger self would probably just be like, how did, how did you, why? Like, she wouldn't know what to say. She would be. No. Mine would have been like, you have a kid?
0: Ew, we have three kids?
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. You've been married
0: twice? Have you, did we live in New York? (laughs) Go to New York? What about you? You didn't design handbags and shoes with Meg? No, but we got this really (laughs) cool podcast. Ooh, what did we talk about? Like rock bands? Murder. Murder. What? Isn't that really triggering for (laughs) Meg? No, (laughs) she's (laughs) fine. Remember,
1: you like unsolved mysteries. Ah, yes. Think about what you would have went back and told your 16-year-old self. Would they have thought you were cool? People who are listening?
0: Would you have been cool now to your 16-year-old self? I think we need like a, I have to dig my Megan, Connie's love diary out to show some pictures of us. It's like 16 and 17 with like. In our youth. Our youth. <laughs> and now just like recreate the photos with all of our damn kids. Look, my pants were way
1: too low to be recreating those photos. I can only recreate those in a in a high rise G. <laughs> 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 I'm serious. I, like, so I have tattoos. And some of my first tattoos, I got I got tattooed on my hips. I got stars on my hips. And I used to wear my pants low enough that you could see them. But, like, as an adult, when I look at my body and look at those stars, like, and compare, like, how far that is to, like, my crotch, it's barely, it's, like, maybe an inch and a
0: half. I, like, I was just living... With no no cares in the world, we were two of the first to start wearing leggings under our skirts at our school. And I remember one of the skirts that I had that I wore leggings under was a pair of short shorts that I just cut the crotch across, (laughs) and And like this is a skirt now. Yeah, and it was. I remember that. So.
1: Short. Yeah, we're talking like seven inches top to bottom. Yeah,
0: like just, just that big. Yeah. It's like a sensor bar at that point. And then there were times when we didn't wear leggings under them and I would just wear like really tall tube socks and Chuck Taylor's with it. And I was like, I'm the shit.
1: Yeah, no, you're butt cheeks are about to fall out of your clothes yeah I would, we wouldn't that's what i would like tell that. my 16 year old stuff i'd be like hey pull your pants up like you have a midriff issue like quit pull it down and pull them up something i would be the adult again so i guess i became everything i didn't
0: But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what you were always like the cool mom like, even what? when we were 16, you were the cool mom. You would, like, we'd go over to your house, and by we, I mean me, like the royal we. I <laughs> would go to your house. I would be a train wreck, and you would, like, make me sandwiches and snacks and tuck me in and make me cookies. <laughs> Is there alcohol in this? <laughs> no.
1: Why? Do you want a little? Because if you're going to drink, I'd rather you do it at the house.
0: <laughs> I, in a less like carefree like your mom wasn't like that but a little bit like that like she was was like the hot mom who's like hey girls what's the four (laughs) one one? what's the hot gossip and that's why she's the goat and she was
1: and we were like nothing nothing is the hot gossip you probably told her stuff but i I
0: did did. Uh, Uh, now i'm nostalgic (laughs) a little trip down memory memory lane (laughs) i think about that times like frequently uh, and we've said it so many times how many sketchy ass situations we put ourselves in Oh yeah, way sketchier than like illegally me. working as a host. <laughs> yeah, like we drove to Michigan, didn't know anybody but a few dirt balls from a band that we met one time. And... and just, and constantly meeting people from the internet.
1: Like I know that's, I know that's like on par for like dating now. Like people have apps, you meet people from the app. That's fine. But like We didn't have the security of like turning on our location or we weren't even telling anybody where we were going. Just, I'm glad we're alive. Yeah, but like you did sketchy stuff. I'm glad you're alive too.
0: I would have never thought I would have just been happy to be at a frat party back then. I mean, we were, we would go party, like walking around Ball State or Michigan State or wherever the hell we were at. And Someone could have given me a red cup of anything, and I'd have been like, doop, 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 doop. "Look how cool I am! <laughs> Look how cool I am!"
1: Yeah, that's scary. I don't like to think about it because now I have kids, and I'm like,
0: "Ah, that's scary." It just—I hear cases like this, and it makes me realize that you could literally do nothing. Like they were doing nothing. It's not like they were well, living they breakfast were just like working. we were. Yeah, they were just working. Yeah, it sucks. People are disgusting, and I hope he has the worst day every day, and that he has bed bugs. I hope he has bed bugs too, big ones. And I hope that every time he gets served food, he gets food poisoning, like he told her parents.
1: Yeah, the I selfish. I can't imagine her their relief like getting an answer after like a decade without your daughter, but just to think about. The fact that they had, like, talked to him and met him and oh, the police did easy nothing about it is just so infuriating. Like, I, I'm because sure they're still mad, and they
0: absolutely have every right to be
1: mad. Absolutely, because
0: think of how many lives were ruined because no one took them seriously. Yep. Yeah, hundreds.
1: Yeah, literally Even hundreds. the girls who woke up and went to the police and were like, this happened, and they were like, sorry, nothing we can do.
0: Hmm. that doesn't sit right with me and that is gross yeah it is gross it's like come on like come on it's i i just don't get it i don't get why i don't get it i don't think we'll ever get it because that's not how our that's not how we're wired up no you're right Hmm. on that note (laughs) on that bummer
1: note I guess we'll see you guys next week I guess so bye (laughs) thank you so much for listening to gruesome horrific true crime a Zencaster powered podcast seriously we wouldn't be here without them Zencaster is simple to use and makes it easy to edit your own podcast Zencaster gives you automatic high quality post production sound transcription and HD video recordings of All of your episodes. If you want to start a podcast, and we think you should, click the link in the show notes or at our website, and use the code Gruesome with a capital G for thirty
0: percent off your first three months. We love you, beautiful strangers, and if you love us too, here are some ways that you can support Gruesome. Please leave us a five star review on Apple Podcast or a five star rating on Spotify. This helps other true crime connoisseurs find us. Follow us at Gruesome Podcasts on Instagram or TikTok and talk to us on our posts. Join the Patreon. Sign up to
1: join our True Crime Sticker of the Month Club and gain access to bonus episodes and exclusive Patreon perks. Or if a one-time donation is more your thing, we have a Venmo at Gruesome Podcast and a PayPal via our email,
0: gruesomepodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of which, we love hearing from you. It seriously makes our whole life. So send us your questions, comments, suggestions, or just ask our opinion on whether that person you met on Tinder is a serial killer or not. Tune in next week. And don't forget, lock
1: your windows, lock your doors. And on Wednesdays, we're gruesome. gruesome. Bye. (laughs) Bye.